In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Well, listen, several uh, weeks ago, I preached a sermon uh, that was simply titled His Voice. And uh, the core of that message or the heart of that message was simply this, that in, in spite of what uh, people out there say, you know, in spite of what they think and even what, in spite of what they teach, man, listen, God is still speaking. Amen. God's, God, God is not dead. God hasn't got uh, laryngitis. He hasn't lost his voice. God is still speaking to his people. And listen, I just want you to know today that not only is God in a talkative mood, but his heart's desire, in fact, his number one's heart's desire is to be able to uh, step in the doorway of your life. He wants to clear his throat. He wants to open his mouth and he wants to speak directly to you. Somebody say to me. Amen. Amen. So God wants to talk to you. In fact, there's a verse here I want to start with today. It's uh, Revelation 2 verse 11. This is actually in several places in the Bible, but we're going to go to this address. It says this. It says, he who has ears to hear. Now, obviously, that's not talking about the floppy things on the side of your head. That's talking about your spiritual ears, okay? So, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Somebody say, let him hear. Y'all said that good in country. Say, let him hear. There you go. It says, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but if God is trying to speak to me, I want to hear him. Amen. If God is trying to speak to me, because like we said a few weeks ago, when God speaks, he doesn't speak for no reason. He speaks because he wants to be heard. Amen. Amen. So listen, this morning, what I want to do is I want to take a few minutes and uh, in a really, really simple, really, really practical way. I just want to talk about how God speaks to us. Really, really simple. Okay. And most of you guys probably know uh, a good portion of what we're going to talk about. So, uh, you know, basically just amen me through it and we'll be all right. Okay. Smile at me and and that like it's new. Okay. But um, my, my hope is, is this, is that, is that this would simply encourage you. How many of you guys know that uh, when you start in your walk with God, you don't always come into the kingdom a mature product already? There's a learning process that you have to learn that, uh, you know, you have to learn that God speaks. And here's how he talks. And so, anyways, that's what we're going to do today. Is that all right? That's good because it's the only message I got. All right, here we go. <laughs> Not really. Okay. So, look, over the years, I've learned this, that if you take the, the group of believers, the group of Christians that believe God still speaks, that, that group of people, they've put a, a great importance or a great value on the voice of God in their lives. In other words, those people have said, look, if God doesn't speak with me, I don't, I don't even want to be involved in this. I need God's voice in my life. Amen. And so, you know, those kind of people, man, they desperately want to hear God. They long for this. They long for a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. And if I can maybe say it this way, what's at the heart? of those people is they say this, God, I got to hear your specific or your personal will for my life if we're going to do this. Amen. But, but here's the other thing that I've noticed is when you get past surface level with those people, in other words, when you begin to talk to them and, and you really get them to a spot where they're really willing to open up and to be honest and to share and feel vulnerable, you'll find out that many Christians are frustrated and discouraged in that area of their lives. In fact, they seem this, they seem disheartened and they struggle greatly when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Now, here's what I found out, that when that struggle persists, some of those people believe that, man, here's the God that say, we, we say, man, he's the God who speaks, that somehow in their own heart they believe, you know, maybe not for everybody else, but for them, God's went silent over their lives. That literally that there's some way that they say, okay, well, God must only speak to special people, and he doesn't speak to an ordinary plain person like me. So it's this thing what I've noticed is that when people uh, persist in that struggle, after a while they begin to not expect many things from God. In other words, they don't come expecting big things. They don't come expecting that God's going to move. And so, you know, maybe if I could put it this way. It's like they hear that this unstoppable God, this all-powerful God, this all-knowing God, this ever-present God, this unstoppable God for somehow, some way, whatever reason, he is stuck in their life. Right? Somehow this God that's moving forward, he's found neutral and he's just stuck there. He's not going anywhere. I don't know about you, but listen, let me maybe say it this way. Maybe that's not you, but that's been me. I have definitely been there. Anybody been there before? Not a fun place to be in, is it? Maybe you enjoyed it. I, I didn't. Okay, so um, th- listen, I, I've come to realize this, that this is so simple, but I've come to realize that God is speaking to us more than we think. That God is speaking to us more than we think. The issue is this, is that we're just having a hard time discerning his voice correctly, or we're having a hard time discerning the different ways he speaks to us. If I can maybe put it another way, let me say it this way. If, if you have a blind person, just because they're blind, it doesn't mean that there's nothing to see. 
if, if you take a person that's deaf, it doesn't mean that there's not sounds to be heard around them. So, so it's kind of like this idea, if we can grab a hold today, it's not that God's not speaking to us. It's the fact is, are, are, we, are we hearing him? Right? Am I making sense to you? It's, it's that point. It's that simple point. Just because, let me say it this way, just because we don't think God's speaking to us, it doesn't mean he is. Or it doesn't mean he isn't. Yes, let me correct myself on that. It doesn't mean he isn't. Okay? Uh, it might just be this. And there's what I've learned, that a lot of good-hearted people, uh, we're just not quite sure what we're supposed to be listening to. Right? It's like we, we want to hear him, but we're not sure what we're supposed to be listening for. It's like, you, you know, it's almost like this. What does God's voice sound like? Now, now, obviously, as you progress and you mature in life, just like we talked a few weeks ago, it's like if my wife calls me, she doesn't have to introduce herself. Right? All she has to do is say one word and, and you know, I mean, get, get a syllable done and I know who it is. Right? I've heard that voice at all levels. <laughs> all right? I know who it is. And so that should be our heart towards God, and that's the way God wants to be towards us. That, man, he only has to get a syllable out, and we know it's him talking. Amen? Amen. Now, listen, uh, you know, not to, not to make anybody feel bad, but just kind of prove a point today. I, I think if, if we are willing, when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, if we're willing to take a step back and get honest with ourselves, if we really stop and think about all the clutter in our lives that God has to compete with, to get our ear, it's amazing. Am I right? Now, now, watch this. Think about all the TV we watch, all the music we listen to. Now, everybody hear me. Uh, that, could be, that could be Christian TV and Christian music. But, but think about all the stuff we watch, all the stuff we listen to. Think about all the social media we're engaged in. Think about all the, the face-to-face conversations that we have. Think about just the phone conversations we have. After a while, it's kind of like this, that we're constantly listening to so many other voices or we're constantly tuned in to so many other frequencies. It's no wonder that we struggle in discerning the difference, right, between our voice, between other people's voices, and then the enemy's voice, and then God's voice. Right? I mean, just think about how many times has a thought came to you and you said this. Is that me? Right? You know, over, over the last 20 years of being, of being a Christian, I can't tell you how many people I've had a conversation with that at the end of the day, they wanted to come to me and say, Pastor, is that the devil or is that God? And the Bible makes it really clear in, in, in John that we should know the voice of a stranger and the voice of a stranger we don't listen to. Right. So listen, has anybody ever been there that literally where you had a thought before or something happened? And you went, God, is that really you? Come on, don't get don't act like you're paralyzed in a place. Come on. Right. <laughs> Work with me. So listen, I, there's a scripture that I basically just want to mention today that really describes in a perfect way the lack of clarity or the lack of discernment that we can have when it comes to hearing the voice of God. I want to show you this verse It's in John, chapter 12. It says this. In fact, if you, if you in your own time want to uh, uh, dive back into verse 27, basically here's Jesus saying that, uh, you know, listen, he's predicting his death. Guys, I'm about to go, but he says, I'm about to go and die, but he says, for this purpose I have come. And in the middle of that dialogue, there's people around him, and he throws this prayer up to God in the middle of it. And he, and he simply says this. He says, Father, glorify your name. And watch it. It says, then a voice came from heaven so it's just like the day that he was baptized. A voice came from heaven. In other words, God, if you will, parted the clouds and God spoke from heaven. And he said this. He said, I have both glorified it, come at his name, and will glorify it again. What a cool thing to witness, right? That Can you imagine just standing there hanging out with Jesus and then, right? And God speaks, okay? And so, but watch this. It says in verse 29, it says, Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, in other words, he told everybody around him, he said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Here's the point. As God was trying to communicate to these people, Jesus said it, it wasn't for him, it was for those people. The Father was trying to communicate to them, but they absolutely missed God speaking to them because they couldn't rightly discern his voice. Is it thunder? Is it an angel? We don't know because we're not used to hearing his voice. Makes sense to you today. Now, listen, it is God's heart. I don't, you know, I don't want to be a broken record, but it is God's heart that when he speaks that we don't wonder if that was thunder. Or was that an angel? That we know that we know that we know it's God. Let me maybe say it this way in a really practical way. If I have, you know, come to a spot where I really need to hear from God, and instead of running to God and actually waiting for God to speak to me, what I do is I run and I, and I Facebook my friend Ben. 
and then I, he responds as a good Christian would. He gives me 1,500 verses and, and uh, you know, seven quotes from Billy Graham or whatever, right? And, and I read all of that, and, and, man, I'm encouraged. But then I go back in a prayer clause, and I go, well, is that from Ben or is that from God? Is that thunder? Is it an eight or is it God? Am I making sense to you guys? And so what happens is, is when I, when I do all of that and I can't rightly discern, then I begin to second guess and question everything. Right? And I can't step out in confidence and go, well, this is God. And what happens is, let, let's say, let's say that in that, in that Facebook post, he said, man, take that job. So I'm take that job and I go take it and a hard day comes because a hard day is going to come. Jesus promised it. Right? A hard day comes and then I wonder, did God really send me here or did I just listen to my friend? Are you all with me? It's important to hear God's voice, right? It's important that we value His voice. So, anyways, let, let me maybe say this to you guys. Um, I, I think, you know, when, when I was just processing all this, thinking about it, I, I began to kind of look back at the last 20 years of my walk with God. It's hard to believe it's been two decades since I gave my life to Jesus. It's crazy. But I begin to think about really how the voice of God has directed me over the last 20 years. And, and what's wild about that is, is, is sometimes he has spoken to me and it's been encouraging. Sometimes he's spoken to me and it's been correction. Sometimes it's been, uh, hey, we need to realign a little bit here. Sometimes it's been a warning. Sometimes it's been simple. Sometimes it's been, it's been just life-altering. I mean, I, you know, listen, I don't know about you, but moving from Alabama to Maine is life-altering. Okay, and, and you go, man, you know, I know that that was God, right? Because there's no fried chicken up here. <laughs> Jesus, help me. So, listen, um, we have another family member that's not here today. That boy tried to get, he's, he's a 14-year-old boy, he tried to get some sweet tea yesterday. Man, I, 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 didn't, I didn't have the courage to, to break his little heart. He, I heard him order it, and I, and I knew he wasn't going to get what he was at. I heard this. We have limped in. I about laughed, right? So, um, anyway, so we, we drove. That was what was Cassett on the way back from the airport. And we got to the house. And, and the like, first thing he said to me at our house was he was dumping the sweet tea in the sink. He said, that's not sweet tea, right? So, anyways, so you, for an Alabama boy, you know you heard from God to come to Maine. Amen? All right. So, anyways, so I, I want to give you uh, six ways, and this isn't all the ways for sure, but uh, the six ways that God speaks to us. And it's more of just kind of looking back at, at my journey, and I'm just going to throw in some stories. And I don't know how long it's going to go or how short it's going to go. We'll find out together. But here we go. Number one, ways that, six ways God speaks to us. Number one is the Bible. Somebody say the Bible. A few thoughts here. The Bible is, please don't miss this, the Bible is the number one way God talks to us. Number one way. And it is, it is, it is, it is the supreme authority in a believer's life, okay? The pastor I used to work for in North Carolina, he used to do something that's so cheesy to me, but it's so accurate. He used to say this, if you want to hear God, he'd go, he'd go like this, all you have to do is open his mouth. So... He'll spit at you, I guess. So, but, but, but here's the truth, though. The Bible says in Hebrews 1, it's not going to open the screen, it says this. It says, in various times and in times past, God spoke through us in various ways. Okay? But now, he's speaking through us through his son, Jesus. And who's Jesus? Jesus is the word. Amen? So, so the reason I say that is this, is the word of God can be extremely encouraging, but also this. There's times where, where we've where we've heard from what we think is God or somebody gives us a word or somebody, whatever. At the end of the day, all of that other stuff, the way God speaks, must be filtered through the word of God. If it, listen to me, church, if it does not line up with the word of God, throw it out. Okay? Yes? Yes? Please throw it out. Do yourself a favor. That's how you stay balanced. Amen? So let me maybe also say it this way, though, okay? I, I have found that uh, as... In Christianity, after you've been reading the Bible for a while, sometimes if you don't if you don't approach the Bible in faith, it can get boring. Is that okay to say that? It's like, you know, at my house there's a movie that my kids have loved over the years called Nacho Libre. Okay? And so fantastic, right? Um, but how many of you guys know about the fortieth time that you've seen Nacho Libre? That joke's just not quite as funny as what it was on the fifth time. Right? Maybe it is. I don't know. That movie was awesome. But, but you guys get the point. So, but what happens is, is this, is, is we, can, we can either approach the Bible in 
just, okay, I've got to go through my religious routine. Or we can go to the Bible in expectation of faith and say, God, speak to me today. Amen. And that's the way we should all approach the Bible. You, you know, I, I, was, I haven't thought about this in years, but my first year of salvation and then maybe my second year, uh, I refused to read my Bible unless I had a, uh, a red pen. Funny, right? And I would open my Bible to wherever I was reading that day, and I would say this really simple prayer. I would say, Father, Jesus spoke in red. I have my red pen because I believe you're going to speak to me today. And, and so everything as I was reading, and I felt like God was downloading because all of us knew. I just, so if you look at my old, my old blue NIV thick study Bible that I got my first year of salvation, it's got red writing all in it. Because, and it's a testimony of where God was speaking. Amen. So the funny part is even to this day, I, I try, li- listen, almost refuse to read my Bible unless I have a pen. Because that's my approach. If I'm open, I expect you to speak to me. And so, uh, you know, people, people look at my Bible, and man, I mean, it's like chicken scratch all in it. But, that, but once again, it's the testimony of God talking. Amen? Amen? And so, listen, I would encourage you to do this. I still do this. Twenty years in, I, when I grab the Word, the first thing I do is, Father, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Father, I thank you that the Word of God is stronger and sharper than a two-edged sword. And I, so, right, divide between spirit and soul. Right, we're holding the spirit, and I pray God speak to me today, and then I begin to read. Amen. Because because listen, it can be a history book or it can be a living book. Amen. Amen. Okay, watch this. Uh, so God, we're talking about the Bible, God speaks to you. God will not only speak to you as you read, but also as you're going through life. Guess what? You'll find yourself moving through the day, and God will speak a, a, a verse to you. Or a chapter to you, or, or a story to you, or whatever you want to call it. And, and what happens is, is you're going along, and man, just this thought hits you out of nowhere, and you know it's God talking to you through the Word. In other words, bringing it back to remembrance. Yes? Amen. So let me kind of give you a, a, another way, and we'll move on here. This is probably one of my favorite things about the Bible, about how God uses the Bible to speak. Uh, there's been many times that I've been going through uh, going through things, or maybe I'm praying for something, and I'm just believing God for something, and, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And then I'll find, well, while I am praying, I will literally, almost like it comes, like it fades in and fades out, I will see a scripture reference. Right? Has that ever happened to anybody? I, I will see a scripture reference, and I will literally in my head go, I have no clue what that means. In fact, I'll give you a story. I remember I was, I was praying one day, and, and I had a person... That I was an extremely loyal friend to, and he was, uh, he was turning his back on that loyalty towards me. <laughs> and he was backstabbing me, and man, and I was finding out stuff because church people know how to gossip, right? If they know how to do anything, they know how to do that. And so if they tell somebody, it's going to get back to you. <laughs> it's going to get back. Church people are faithful with that. So he'd been saying things about me, and I've been hearing it. And, uh, and so I was praying one day, going, God, what I want to do, because I know what I want to do. Right? I, I know me because I, I, I can tend to um, let somebody know something really quick. And so I'm praying, and I see a, 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 literally a verse come, Job something. Well, I don't know Job that well, you know? I don't. Sorry if that disappoints you, right? But so, so Job came, and I, and I went and looked, and it said basically pretty much a friend who turns his back on you, da 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 What do you do? You serve him. God, listen, here's what's so funny about that. I have tried to find that verse since, and I cannot find it. <laughs> Anyways, so that's an example. Let me give you another one. A few years ago at the church that, that I was working at before we came here, we went through a transition time. And outside of my mom and my wife, man, I was struggling with all that. And I was really, 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 really battling Decisions that were being made and stuff like that. Great church, wonderful church, wonderful leadership. Uh, but we just hit a spot that, man, it was, it was difficult. Yes, no, don't go sleep on me. Has anybody ever been there? Yes. And one day, uh, I, as I was just kind of praying, kind of doing my thing, trying to keep all that, I felt impressed in my heart to go to Psalms 37. And here's what I read. I'm going to throw it up here at you. This is what I read. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. When I read those words, do good, it was like a bomb went off in me, and I knew God was talking about my attitude. And he was telling me, son, you need a good attitude because your attitude stinks right now. I know y'all have never been there. All right, so anyways, 
So he said, do good. And then he said, basically, dwell in the land. In other words, have a good attitude in the church you're in. And then he said, and feed on his faithfulness. In other words, focus on me. And then it says in verse 4, it says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. It says, commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Let me pause right there for a minute. Part of the reason why I was wrestling so much is because when you go through times of transition, you feel very unsettled, period. And I knew God was calling us to a season of transition. Jen and I knew it. We knew that we were making the transition uh, to become senior pastors. And so we were just feeling really unsettled in our hearts. So I knew that that was a desire, not that I wanted, because I never wanted to be a senior pastor. I've told you all that, but I knew God called me to be a senior pastor. And so God was saying, look, you know, I'm going to do this. Are you all with me? Listen, he said, I'm going to give you that desire of your heart. And he's saying, basically, if you just commit to me, trust in me, look, I'm going to bring it to pass. Am I making sense? Because when, here's what's wild. When everything inside of you wants to run for the hills and God says, nope, I haven't released you yet. Right? And you feel like that rubber band being stretched. Right? And he's about to launch you, but that stretching hurts. Amen? Great place to say amen. Made more sense to me, maybe it did to you, but it was good. All right? I'll encourage myself in the Lord. Playing. I'm having fun. Anyway, so watch this. So verse 7, and it simply said this, rest in the Lord. It's like God was saying, son, chill out. Chill. And then it says, and wait patiently for him. Calm down when it's his time and he'll know, right? And then it says this, verse 8, kind of rolled back to the top for me. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Good word. Right? Now watch this. So I, I read that, I prayed that, I tried my best to fix my attitude and get my heart right. And then uh, months later, uh, you guys call. And I come up and uh, go for the interview process. And, uh, you know, I preached on July the 5th, and we were standing at Pastor Brian and Miss Leah's, and I'm standing in the bathroom getting ready. Uh, I've been praying that morning, you know, ready to go. And I felt the Lord impress on my heart, read Psalms 37. I done forgot what it said. And I went back and I read it, and I realized that God was giving me a confirmation of what he already spoke to me months earlier. And he was saying, look, I'm bringing it to pass. So that's why when I came here and I sat whatever right here, my first Sunday, I, it's so wild how God works. You know, you think you'd be scared out your mind. And uh, I got nervous for about three and a half seconds. But there was this thing. I knew God spoke. I, I knew it was going to work. I, you know, I just knew, right? Anybody with me? All right. So let's uh, – so – I'll say this. We'll move on to the second thing. When you read the word, expect and listen. Let me, let me maybe tell you this last thing. I read the Bible in three speeds. Slow, slower, and slowest. God works with people different. I realize that. Some people, he wants them to read, uh, you know, th- through the Bible, how many ever times and all that. And, and that's awesome. Okay? But, but with me, the way God has worked with me personally is I might get stuck on a verse for 45 minutes. And so for me, it's not a, it's not a, you know, there's things that I read and I try to, you know, accomplish things. Don't, don't get me wrong. I have goals that are there. But if God stops me at a certain place, I'm not going to go, well, I, I got to do all this. If he stops me, he wants to speak. And so I'm reading slow and I'm listening while I read. Make sense? All right. So the first way God speaks is what? Y'all talk to me. The Bible. Number two, really simple. He speaks by peace. By peace, by peace. Somebody say by peace. Jesus said this in John fourteen twenty seven. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Watch this. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Please listen to me. It is huge when you're trying to make a decision in life to understand that God will never lead you where his peace doesn't follow. Y'all hear me, that God will never, 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 never lead you where peace doesn't follow. It, you know, if your gut is in knots, right, your spirit, if it's in knots, if it's unsettled, if it's uneasy, if there's any confusion that's wrapped around it, uh, you should not move forward, okay, because God's not in it, right, because God's not the author of confusion. Now, it doesn't mean that you'll, that you'll understand everything because there's steps of faith where you don't understand everything, Right? So, but there's a difference between a step of faith and confusion. Y'all with me? Listen, for me personally, I have been offered jobs uh, over the years that look really good. 
especially those jobs that, for me personally, it's kind of funny. Jen said for years, the only way that we will leave Covenant Love, the church we worked at, is if we move closer to one of our family, right? And here's what's so funny. We had job offers in both directions, in both directions, that we could have moved to the northwest and we could have moved down south, and I could have been just a few hours from home. And, uh, but guess what? There was no peace. And because there was no peace, I said, I'm not going, Right. Uh, Listen, I I have I have had a lack of peace uh, concerning relationships. Right. Somebody comes along. Hey, uh, you need to uh, you need to get to know so and so. And something in there goes. And I go. (laughs) I'll be nice to you. God bless you. But but guess what? I'm I'm not letting my guard down. We're not getting close. Right. Because because am I with me? Let me say it this way, that there's times that I've been unsettled, even in just places. If it's in a store, if it's been uh, in somebody's house. Uh, I, remember, I remember a time when I was, I think, 22 years old. There was two young guys in our youth group. I was a single guy. They didn't have a dad. And so I said, come on, guys, let, let's, let's go hang out for the day. And, uh, I mean, I love these two guys. And uh, it's Michael and Stephen. And, and so we went to Arby's. God bless a, a, a roast beef sandwich, right? So we went to Arby's uh, there at Skybo, uh, you know, Skybo Road in Fayetteville. And we walked in the door, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at the menu, and I'm just, something is not right. And, I, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, listen, I don't, I don't know. Place going to get robbed? We're going to get shot? Am I going to get sick from something I eat? I, you know, I don't know, but but I do know this: that I've walked with God long enough at that point to go. I trust that gut check. Come on, boys, we're going somewhere else. And I don't know whatever happened. Doesn't matter. But listen, I've learned to follow the gut check. You know, there's a uh, there's an let me let me actually go two sides here. Um, there's an old South African preacher that I that I like. Uh, used to like a lot. And uh, he used to say this. He said that a second grade school teacher said this. Neville, when in doubt, throw it out. Pretty simple. That if there's something there that I just don't, if it's with a person, location, whatever it is, if there's something there that there's doubt about, throw it out. You you know, most of you guys have heard of uh, of John and Charles Wesley, right? Founders of the Methodist Church. Powerful men of God back in the day. If you've ever been in a church and sang a hymn, there's a good chance they wrote it, okay? Because uh, they wrote thousands and thousands of hymns, okay, that we sing. So anyways, when they were little kids, they asked their mom, I think her name was Suzanne. They, they said, Mom, how do we know what sin is? And their mom said this. She said, boys, if you have to ask, it probably is. Right? So part of even the peace part is, yes, the guidance, but it's also the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. If there's things in our life that we are like, uh, man, should I, should I not? Is it, is it not sin? Just go, if you've got, you got a question, just, it's better to get away from it. That's good preaching. All right? Let me give you a verse here and that will maybe bring this, this piece home, okay? Uh, Colossians 3.15, it says this. It says, let the peace of God rule. Somebody say rule. It says, let it rule in your hearts. The word rule there in the Greek language simply means this. It says, let the peace of God be the umpire in your hearts. Do you get that? That's what it means. It lets it be the umpire. I'm not a baseball fan, but I know what umpiring does, right? Cause of a strike, if it's a foul ball, let let it be the deciding factor in your life. Amen. Number three. Number one was what? The Bible. Number two is peace. Number three is this. is still small voice. Still small voice. If you're taking notes, throw this down beside it. You can also write inward witness or inner voice. People use all of them. Still small voice, inward witness, inner voice. And honestly, guys, this is the one that you're probably um, the most used to, but you may not even know it. Okay, because if I was going to say, if you're going to ask me to rank these things, I would say the Bible, and then I would probably say this one would be number two for me. Okay, so watch this. Really simple. Uh, verses that you know. First Kings 19, 11 through 12. This is really the story about Elijah with the earthquake, the wind, and the fire. And it says this. It says, the Lord passed by in a still, small voice. Right? I remember one time I said this, Moses needed a burning bush. God, you're going to have to give me a burning tree for me to do that. Right? I'm going to need something big. But it's just not the way it always works. Sometimes it's pretty awesome like that. But most of the time it's a still small voice. Let me show you another verse. This is actually probably my favorite verse when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Proverbs 20, 27 
says this, says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. What in the world does that mean? Why do we ever need a lamp? Because it is dark and I cannot see, right? And so it's pretty simple is that, that the spirit man, all right, and I, we don't have time to go into all this, but, but obviously your spirit is the part of you that is saved, that's born again, okay? And that's the part of you that God interacts with. He doesn't interact with your emotions, Right, he don't, which is your soul. He, he doesn't interact with that. He doesn't, you know. He interacts with your spirit man, and so and so when it comes to the spirit man, it's saying that the spirit man is the lamp, or in other words, what he guides you by. So once again, it's not necessarily my natural mind. It's not my emotions. It's not my feelings. It's not all those things. It's not what I want to do. It's not my will. Where God is trying to speak to us is in our spirit. Amen. Am I making sense, to you guys? All right. So here's how this operates. Okay. So you're going along in life, and it could go like simple as this. When God begins to talk to you in a still, small voice, it could come as a single word. It could come as a sentence. In other words, just as something just comes. You, you see a word. You, you hear a sentence. Uh, you have a thought. You, you, feel a, you feel a nudge, a holy nudge, right, which you can call a leading or an impression or a feeling. Uh, sometimes you have a desire, and I don't, I'm not talking about an ungodly desire, a good desire, okay? You can have an impulse to do this. This will maybe help here. An impulse to pray for someone. An impulse to witness to somebody. Maybe it's a nudge to call and give somebody encouragement. Maybe it's to, to bless someone, someone with something, right? It's, it's like how many times have you know, been in the store and seen something and you just go, man, I need to buy that for so-and-so. Right? You know, so many people in the church, they say this a lot. Something told me. I think that is one of the most ignorant statements. Maybe that's strong, but it's, it's like this. It's like their unwillingness to go, the Holy Spirit was talking to me, right? Because really that's what they're saying. Something, he's not something. The Holy Ghost was talking to you. Listen, right? Yes? So, so it's also like this. So it could come, yes, in a desire and impulse, but also it could come in a conviction, right? You go to do something. You go to watch something, and you feel that, er, right? You turn the other way, right? That's why the Bible says, it says if you go to the, uh, the right or the left, it says in Isaiah that you'll still hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. It's the way God's trying to guide you. The last one is, is even that you can feel the sensing of his pleasure. In other words, that you feel God's approval in something. So let me maybe say this to you, and I'm trying to hurry for a reason, okay? But listen, that we in this room need to pay attention to the things that we discount as insignificant or unimportant. Hear that. You need to begin to pay attention to the things that you discount as insignificant or unimportant because many times that's God speaking to you. Amen? Amen? And that's where you got to remember. Everybody listen. That it's, at that point, you don't go, is that thunder? Is that an angel? No, it's God talking to you. Amen? Listen, I, and it's not that we nail it every, every time. Last week I woke up, Sunday morning, I woke up immediately and I had someone in my mind. Okay? And I was like, man, why are they heavy on my heart? And I just kind of, okay, started getting ready, and I thought about them, right? And then I came to church, right? We heard Leah tear it up. Leah did an awesome job. She preached, uh, went to Augusta, and, uh, and ate at Texas Roadhouse. Come on, somebody. And uh, ate some food for Mother's Day. Then we come back over here, and I go, man, he's still in my heart. The next day I woke up, he was still in my heart. And I said, okay, I need, let, let me text him. I text him. He's in school. I say, hey, man, uh, what's going on? Normally I say, you know, how's your day going when I, when I interact with him? But I said, is there anything that I need to be praying about? And then I found out that the day before he passed out while he was driving. And I'm thinking, boy, I really missed that. Thank God that he's okay. Nothing happened to his car. Total Jesus watched over him. But God was leading me to perhaps a holy nudge, pray for this kid. And, and I just kind of, well, maybe that's just me, me. Right? But it was God talking to me. Yes? yes? So, listen, let me maybe say it this way to you. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in prayer, and I've just felt like a, like a, it's like a love for somebody. And just, man, I need to encourage them. And so I'll text them. Right? And I've, I've been blown away by how many times that that has made such an impact and such a difference in someone's life. Just what I felt like I needed to share with them at that moment. And it was a Quentin? No, it was God trying to encourage them. Yes? So, so when you have that, just don't brush it off and, you, you know, understand that's God talking to you, okay? Let, let me close this with this. 
Um, many of the major decisions in my life have come, come as a result of that quiet voice. Right? In other words, that there's times where, man, if it was the day that God spoke to me and told me that Jim was going to be my wife, if it was with going into ministry, I mean, I could just give you a line of things in, in, in 20 years where God spoke so, so not kaboom, but just so, that's him. And, and here's what's so wild is there's been many times where uh, I couldn't put language to what I just knew. Right? And, and there was... Such a peace, and a lot of times I dive back into the last one. The, the way I view that forward movement with God is it a red light, yellow light, or green light? And if that's red light, there's that don't go, then I won't move. It's the yellow, then proceed a little bit with caution because there's something He's going to want you to see or want you to learn. And then if there's that green light, man, go all in, right? And so, and so I remember, I remember even this, and, and I'm not picking on them. My parents weren't. Uh, I did tell her, hey, I got some stories to tell about you guys tomorrow. Caden said, well, Dad, you're in them too. Something like that tried to make me feel bad or whatever he said. But um, I remember when my parents were not saved yet because you guys got saved how many years ago? Four or five years ago? Five years ago. Okay. So glory to God, right? I remember, though, being, being 19 years old, uh, coming home from Bible school Sitting at the, the, the dining room table. We never sat at the dining room table. So you knew something was up, right? And they said, hey, come here. And so we went and we sat down. And I remember them saying, son, uh, you need a plan B. What if ministry doesn't work out? Now, I get that. I, I get the fact, especially now that I'm a dad, you, you know, I have four kids. I want everything to go well with my kids. So I'm not knocking where they were coming from. They didn't really know Jesus yet. And also at the same time, you know, statistics say that every 10 people that step out in ministry after a certain amount of time, only two remain. So that's legitimate concern. But I remember just knowing what I felt so strong in my heart of that inward voice, that inward witness, what I knew that I knew that I knew, man, this is what I was born to do. Are you with me? And I remember sitting there out of frustration, not at them, but my inability to be able to communicate that. And I just put my head down at the table, and I remember just saying, guys, there is no plan B. Right? It's either obedience or nothing. Right? Now, now obviously, now, fast forward, what's that, you know, uh, 19 years later, I can communicate that a lot better. But I couldn't then. And so there's just times, let me maybe say this to you. In your life where people are going to say, hey, you need to do this. Hey, you need to do that. And you just got to go with your knower. Man, that I know that I know that I know. I can't explain it, but, man, God's called me to do that, and I'm going to do it. Amen? All right. Here we go. Fourth one. It's going to sound so contradicting here. Watch this. People. <laughs> people. I, let me kind of maybe make a balancing statement, uh, especially for the young people in here. Here's what blew me away. As I began to progress in the Lord, I was amazed by how many times God used my mom and dad to speak to me, even before they even knew him. Are y'all, y'all with me? I, I remember times calling my dad there, Frank, calling him and, and, uh, and really wanting to know certain things. And he just said, you know, Quentin, I've been thinking. Boom, 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 boom. And he answered everything I was praying about before I even said a word. Right? Because, because young people, listen, there, there's a grace, saved or unsaved, there's a grace that God puts on your parents to lead you and guide you. And that's the part where it's his protection, his love, his covering, and it's how he wants to help you through life. Amen? Amen. Y'all look down at the ground got scared there for a minute. All right, here we go. So number four, people, okay? Um, this can happen through wise counsel. It can happen through spiritual authority. It can happen through preaching. It can happen through prophetic voices. It can happen through a text. I mean, it, just name it. Just people that are in your life or not in your life. It could be a complete stranger. Yes? I, you know, I know, I know a lady. Uh, one day she was, she was at Niagara Falls. And she was walking around and she was talking about, God, why am I so alone? God, why am I? This? Her husband was off ministering. And, and she was going, uh, God, will you uh, just be with me today kind of deal, right? And so... She said that everywhere she went in the park, there was like uh, two guys and a girl that she just couldn't get away from. It's like everywhere she went, it's like she wasn't following them. They weren't following her, but they were just kind of on the same track through, through uh, you know, over there in Niagara Falls. And there came one time where, where they slowed down, and she went to go walk around them on the sidewalk. And one of the men turned, and he said, God said, doom, 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 doom. 
You're not alone. He sees your sacrifice because your husband's there. Boom, 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 boom. She ooh, moved on. Right? So God talks to people. Amen. Let, let me let me maybe tell you this story and, and we'll hustle. I remember when when I moved back to Lafayette, Louisiana, the second time. It was so wild. Y'all. I got down there, and I, I don't I don't suggest the first part I'm saying to you at all, okay? Because I believe the Bible says, "He who does not work does not eat." So I believe in working, okay? Yes, okay. I'm not saying it to be funny. I believe that verse. I went back to Lafayette, Louisiana, and I felt like the Lord said, "Don't get a job." Not the way I was raised. At all, okay? Don't get a job. When I was old enough to work, we worked, okay? So don't get a job. And I remember going, okay, this is tough. And I, and I had an interview that you, you can laugh at this at a, at a radio station. They wanted me to be a DJ from 6 to 12 at night. Welcome to KJN. Yeah, no, I just, uh, no thanks, not me. So, so anyway, so I went for the interview. And, and I literally left the interview and I thought, they'll never hire me. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm like, I don't have the goods. They're not going to hire me, especially that time slot, right? To make a long story short, once again, before parents were saved, uh, my aunt is there. She survived cancer. I remember she, she had surgery. So I went home, and I saw my mom, and my mom said this, Son, Burger King's hiring. <laughs> Nothing God said, you know? Burger King's hiring. So then I, so then I leave Birmingham and go to Gulf Shores where, where she was living at, at that time, Aunt Deborah. And, and I roll down to Gulf Shores and the woman just had surgery. She says, she says, Quentin, McDonald's is hiring. <laughs> oh my God. And so watch this. So the next, the next morning we left and I, I drove five, five and a half hours back to Lafayette from Gulf Shores, Alabama. And I asked the Lord probably, this was Saturday morning. I asked the Lord, no less than a hundred times, God, did I miss you? God, did I miss you? God, speak to me. Did I miss you? Do you want me to work? Do you not want me to work? What do you want me to do? Went to church the next day on Sunday morning, praying the same prayer. Sermon was irrelevant, had nothing to do with it. Every conversation, nothing, nothing. There was no answer. It was like, God, are you, God, are you out there? Right? So all afternoon, I'm still just heavy in my heart, right? Because there's that part of you that wants to please your parents. Right. That you want to please them. That you want to make them proud. And, and they're going, you need to go get a job. And I'm like, man, but I, I feel like I'm obeying God here. So that Sunday night we went to church. Pastor preached again. Nothing. I was like, come on, dude. Right. Come on. And so the pastor ends up going, uh, OK, tonight we're going to pray for people. And, and he goes, and he goes, Quentin, if you could help pray for people tonight. I'm thinking, I want somebody to pray for me, right? I'm trying to hear from God, and you want me to pray for these people? And uh, so anyway, so I remember still, I remember praying for a guy named Marcus and doing the deal. And, and in the middle of that, I finished the amen with him. And it was so wild because as I was praying with him, God was talking to me about him. And I'm thinking, why don't you talk to me about me, right? <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Come on, God, right? And so it's like, you know, operating the gifts totally with this guy, and I can't hear a lick for myself, right? It blows my mind. I end up, the fact is this, some may have said it's because he already had spoken to me. Never saw that till just then. <laughs> so, uh, so I went like this. I turned, and there was Dr. Lynn. Dr. Lynn will be here in August. He was standing right there, basically where the corner is at. And I said, Doc, I'm so glad you're here. Can you please pray for me? He goes, well, that's why I'm here. He said, the Lord gave me a word for you. Come up, God's speaking through prophetic voices. So I come in there, and I and remember, the prayer that I prayed, no less than a hundred times, God, have I missed you. Is that word they used. I go over there, and I stand in front of him, and he starts praying in the Spirit, and he says this. says, uh, Quentin, the Lord would say, my son, you have not missed me. The Lord says, I am your portion, and I will provide for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Start the waterworks, man. God, you're so good. And then he goes on and says, and God says he's about to do this in you. Boom, 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 boom. And I remember he's talking about expanding my boundaries. Uh, now, watch this. Here's what happened, though. What God expounded in that next, I was like nine months, something like that. No, it was like six months. Six months is uh, what he expounded was my faith. Because here's what's so wild. Because the test will come. After that the radio station called me and said, hey, if you want to work, we want to hire you. I about dropped the phone because I didn't think they were going to try to even hire me, right? And I said, the guy named Craig, I said, Craig, let me go pray and I'll get back with you. 
And I went back, gee, nope, he ain't changed his mind. Hey, man, thanks for the job offer, but no thanks. And that next six months, here's what I did. I went, okay, here's the, here's the, uh, the bills that I have to pay at the beginning of each month. So the previous month, I, I did anything. Substitute a school. I helped people move. I preached where they asked me to preach. I, I, you know, I didn't not, not work. I showed up at the church every day. What do you want me to do? I taught classes. I did, I did everything that they basically, the, whatever the Lord put before me, I did it with all my might. And then we got to the end of the month. This is, Jen and I were just started dating and all this. So she didn't come after me for my money. And, uh, <laughs> and at the end of the month, what we would do is we'd go, okay, how much money do we have? And it was always enough. You're with me. And I'm telling you, and, and thank God, because truth is, is that woman's got a lot more faith than I got. And, and there were so, much, so many times where I'd get discouraged. She would encourage me. But there was something about going this. I'm not going to count it. Every day I didn't worry about what I had. I just said, okay, there it is. When we'll need it, we'll, it'll be there. And then sure enough, the bills came. All right, here we go. There's money. Boom. Done. God's cool, y'all. Yeah? He's really cool. All right, here we go. So, number five. Y'all okay with this? All right. So the first one was what? The Bible. Second was peace. Third one was still small voice. Number four was people. Number five, and we'll go quick, is dreams. Dreams. All throughout the Bible, God spoke to people through dreams. We should not think that he doesn't speak that way anymore. Okay? Now, let me give you a word of caution here. Just because God speaks through your dreams doesn't mean that every dream is from God. Okay? Got me? Yes, please do that. There's going to be an absolute knowing, knowing, knowing that that was from God. You don't have to go and try to figure it out and wonder it. You're just going to know it's from him. Okay, so let me, you know, you guys may think I'm crazy, but I'll just say this anyways. One of the number one ways that God encourages me personally is through my dreams. And, and here's what I mean by this. And obviously I'm more from a Pentecostal background, okay, where we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in the power of God showing up. And, and I, I've always thought it's funny that over the last 20 years, man, I've probably prayed, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and I've prayed for them, and, they've, and the, the glory of God has fell on them so much where they can't stand. It's what we call falling out in the spirit. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, hundreds of people. But yet here I am. Never happened to me. Uh, you know, people pray for me, and I'm like an oak tree. We're not moving. I, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, and I want to, Right. Jesus, please do it, right? I mean, I'm, you know, you see people have unbelievable encounters with God, and you're like, man, what's the deal, you know? I mean, I, you, you know, I, here's what's funny. I pray for people, and they never even had a clue what that even is, and I'll fall out, right? And I'm going, what's the disconnect here, God, right? So here's what's funny is years ago, in fact, the first time I was 20, I think I was 23 or 24 years old, I begin to have throughout the years. What's so funny is, is I will, is I will, nope, the first one, I take that back, I was 20 years old. Is in a dream, I'll be at church and I'll go up for prayer or somebody, and there's times I'll know whose meeting I'm in, uh, even though I've never been in their meetings. Um, and, I, and it's never them that's praying for me, it's some random person, and, and they'll pray for me and, and I will fall out in my dream. Right now, here's what's why you think, okay, whatever. But what happens is I wake myself up because I'm praying in tongues. And the power of God is hitting me like waves. I mean, it is, it is it's so it's like what I see everybody else gets. It's like I have to get in a spot where my mind quits working and quits getting in the way. And God finally just touches. That, you know, that's, if I can maybe take a side note, that's one of the reasons why nobody can ever tell me that it's fake. Is because I'm not trying to pray in the spirit in that moment. But what happens is, is my flesh may be asleep, but your spirit never sleeps. And your spirit's the one that prays. And so I'll literally wake myself up or wake my wife up, too, in the process. Uh, you know, a few, this was hilarious. But uh, I don't know, maybe six months ago now, maybe less than that, I was literally jerking in the bed because the power of God was hitting me so hard. And I've never done that awake, like I said, so it's humorous to me. And Jen, Jen thinks something's wrong with me. And she goes, babe, babe, are you okay? I just said, God dream, leave me alone. <laughs> like that literally was leave, leave me alone. I was like, man, I was getting so rocked by God. Anyways, so it's pretty cool that God encourages you that way. Let me give you one other thing. 
If you thought I was weird, there you go. You can check it off, right? <laughs> Anyways, God likes touching his people. So let me say this to you. Last, last thing. I remember um, in this section, I remember, uh, I've told you this before, praying one time and asking God. I just felt like I hit a roadblock in my walk with God. And I said, God, what is the deal? Why am I not moving forward? What's in the way? What's causing me to not go forward? And you remember I've told you guys before that Literally, like two days later, after praying that for a few days, I had a dream, and, and I was in a youth room. A guy walked through the door, remember, came through the door, and it was a guy I knew, the same guy that I told you earlier that was backstabbing me. It was that guy walking towards me, and I took two steps to him, whatever, and I hit him square in the face Bow, in my dream. And then I kept replaying. You know how they have on, uh, like, Instagram? You get, they have, the, like, the gif, whatever, that, you know. It just kept playing like that. Boom. Kept hitting him over and over again. Felt good. I didn't want to wake up. I was like, man, I was like, I hit the guy like 10, 10 times. I was like, yes, this is good, right? And I, and I woke up and the Lord said, that's why you're not moving forward. Because I had unforgiveness in my heart towards that guy. So anyways, that's how God used dreams. Last one. Last one. Here we go. Number six. And this is just fun. Some people think I'm weird with it, and it's okay. It's number six, signs. Signs. Throughout the Bible, God uses rainbows, fleeces, pillar of fire, clouds, objects. You can go on down the list. God, God doesn't operate from our little cute little paradigm. But I'm going to show you how that, that's worked a few times in my life, okay? This is why I try to pay attention to things. Um, I was in, anybody ever been to Texas? Anybody ever drove across Texas? Help me, Lord Jesus, right? <laughs> Uh, man, it's like you, you drive across that thing for days, okay? So I, I am on my way to San Antonio. I'm driving a 15-passenger van. i got a bunch of Bible school students in the van with me, and they're all asleep. It's like, thanks, guys, right? Appreciate your help, right? So they're all asleep. I'm driving this van. We're, we're on our way to, to John Hagee's church. We're going to do some ministry over there. And uh, we did a youth service and some stuff. So we're on our way to San Antonio to do that. And, and in my heart, once again, transition was stirring. And I said this, because a lot of, let me maybe say this, a lot of times when we ask questions, if we stop and think about it, God's really the originator of the question. In other words, God will drop a question in our heart. We ask him because he wants to respond to it. And I said this, so I'm driving in the middle of Texas, right? Like, don't run out of, gra- uh, out of gas, Right, uh, you know, Texas, where there's nothing but cactuses and rocks and amazing sky, right? So I'm driving, and I'm, and I'm like this. And I, this question comes to my heart, and I said, I said, God, will I ever move back to North Carolina? Middle of Texas. The, I said, North Carolina. A car goes, Zhoo. I look, North Carolina license plate. I cannot tell you how many times that has happened to me. It happens to me about coming to Maine. God, am I really going to Maine? <laughs> okay. Got you. I mean, I mean, literally, I mean, to kind of give you an idea, I have, and Noah can confirm this, my parents, Austin, from, from where you got off at 295 at our house, because we lived off 95 down there in Fayetteville. I had basically, what, maybe a three, four-mile stretch to wrap from 295 to 24, kind of like a little box to go to the church. On that road, that stretch, God, am I moving to Maine? <laughs> it wasn't like... God, am I moving to Maine? Now let me drive all day long and look for a Maine. Like it was instantly. Are you with me? Okay. So an, another way, uh, we had a lady call us one day. We only had Caden and Michaela and the lady. It's the last thing, and, and I'm going to quit. Not forever, just today, right? So, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> now quit today. <laughs> so, um, man, I told you I didn't know if this was going to be long or not. So this uh, lady calls Jen and I one day, and we only had uh, Michaela and Caden at the time. And I didn't want any more kids, okay? And, and Jen did. She won, okay? And uh, so anyways, because we got four, God won. He did. So anyways, um, this lady calls us one day, and she said, Hey, I had a dream last night that there was a curly-haired, blonde-headed boy running around our house, and his name was Jude. And, and Jen sent back, I'm sorry, she texted Jen that. Jen texts back, is that because she has a whole gang load of children? She has, I think, 12 now, I think, or 14. Some, they've adopted eight kids. Okay, so she's got four, she has 12. Okay, so, so Jen texts back and said, basically, is that your first grandchild or your 13th kid or whatever it was at the time, right? And uh, here's what's funny is we either got pregnant that night or we were pregnant the day before. Okay, and didn't know it. So watch this. So that actually that night as we were laying in bed, we said, 
man, wouldn't it be cool if we, if we named uh, if we named him if we really had a kid? What if we named him Jude Alexander? I like naming kids; it's just fun. So uh, Jude Alexander, oh, that's a good name. And we all laughed, <laughs> right? And then she goes, "I'm pregnant." I'm like. So then, you know, kind of going through the months, right, trying to figure out what are, what are the names going to be. I was like, I don't really like the name Jude, but okay. And, uh, and then, we, then we find out, okay, we're having a boy. And you see my first two kids? Pretty straight hair, right? Just take notice of that, okay? And um, so anyways, one day I'm driving and I go, God, is this boy's name really Jude Alexander? Is that what you want to name him? I've told you guys before, we always prayed a lot about what do we name our kids. We, that was significant to us. So I'm driving down a road, uh, McPherson Church Road, no, Morganton Road, that I've been down, I cannot tell you how many times. I prayed the prayer, look up, street sign says, St. Jude, the next street, Alexander. I went, all right, so watch this. I, I, it might have been the same day. It might have been the same day. My buddy was in town. He wanted to go play Frisbee golf. I don't play Frisbee golf, but you do need a Frisbee to play, right? So, so I said, okay, well, I'll go to play again sports, and I'll buy a Frisbee so we can go play. And uh, so we're there at the, at the store, and I'm flipping through the Frisbees, right, trying to find something that's got weight to it, but it's cheap because I know it's the only time I'm ever going to play the game. And I go, and I grab this Frisbee, and I flip it over, and it says Jude. No, no, watch this. Somebody took it. Flipped it over in permanent marker, wrote Jude in a Bible verse. My wife says, why didn't you buy it? I didn't buy it. I should have bought it. I went back. It was gone. But pretty good confirmation, right? Yes? Anyways. So uh, let me just maybe say this. Obviously, other ways God speaks is through circumstances, visions, angelic visitations. He speaks audible voice. He still shows up in physical appearances. And speaks to people. But here's the last thing I want to say to you is no matter, everybody listen, listen. If you don't get anything out of there, get this. No matter uh, how God speaks to you, the one thing he is after is this. He's after obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Now, here's what's so cool. Here's what obedience means in the Greek language. Obedience actually means, obedience means under another's voice. That's what obedience means, under another's voice. And it's implying that there's one in authority and that when they speak, you listen and you respond, that you obey. So that's what's happening. So when God comes and he talks to us, whatever way it is, at the end of the day, you and I need to live as people who are under that voice, right? And whatever he says goes. We don't question it. Amen? It's fine to check it. It's fine to find a confirmation. But when you know that you know that you know it's God... Please go with it. Amen? Amen. Let's uh, stand to our feet, please. Did anybody get anything out of that? Amen. Rachel, do you mind just coming and playing for a second? I want to pray for you guys today. Just, just simply this, that there would be a uh, discernment and greater clarity that you'd know when God speaks to you. Is that all right? Uh, listen, I'm still in the spot where I'm growing and, and still trying to discern and listen and all that myself in many ways. Um, but one thing I have noticed, and I said this a few weeks ago, is that God really has patterns that he works with all of us. There's no one, two, three formula that's special for everybody. God just has ways that he speaks to all of us. And we just need to go, man, if it, let me say this, if it's, if it's important to you to hear God's voice, you need to start paying attention to figure out what those ways are. Amen. So let's close our eyes and just lift our hands, if you don't mind. If you just say, man, I want to hear from God in a greater way. Amen. Father, today I just pray for your people and even myself, God, that we're people that just want to be able to uh, be under your voice, that we want to be obedient. In fact, Lord, you even said in, in, in the book of Matthew, God, that those who hear your word and obey it, they are wise. So, Father, we want to be wise children, wise sons and wise daughters. And so, Lord, we're asking today, God, that you would give us the ability in greater measures and greater ways, God, to, to, to uh, discern, God, when you are speaking to us. God, we don't want to be like that blind person that, that, that realizes that there's a thousand things to see, but we can't see it. Or that deaf person, and even though there's sound, we can, we're not hearing it. God, we want to see and we want to hear what you're doing 
in our lives and, uh, and, and with us and in us and through us. And so, Lord, just thank you for giving us just a greater hunger and a greater passion, God, to hear your voice and give us the, the courage to obey what we hear. And so, Father, even in this sense, God, if there's been any part in our hearts that's uh, maybe... Uh, has quit expecting or, or said basically, I, well, I don't want anybody to, to speak to me or I don't want this or I don't want that. Maybe we've despised prophecy or whatever it is, God, for whatever reason. But, God, that our hearts would be encouraged again to just do it your way and to listen to what you're saying and realize, God, that you're pure and that your voice is pure and that your voice is right and it's real, God, and we want to hear it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.